All right, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob. How's it going, Rob? Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary exes, I have so such exciting news for you. Uh, I'm here with Gio, and Gio can see with his own human eyes that I am inside a DVD, thus proving that you can go through the whole of the DVD. This is really huge Ghost in the Scene news. If you've been following us, you know that this is a huge, huge deal. Uh, groundbreaking, shattering. Um, and yeah, it's happened. I'm here. I'm in the DVDs, everybody. Wow. This is a hallmark day for Ghost in the Scene. You can hear the claps, the cheers from the crowd, from the scene, everybody around the world and the universe. We finally proved it after so many years of debate, so many peer-reviewed articles that we had to comb through, you know, the, the double-blind tests that we had to do. Uh, Rob proved it today and forever. So starting off with a bang, and we're going to keep that, you know, that big bang rolling. We've got a big episode. There's been a lot going on. Even though we're all trapped, the use of astral projection has you know, made us more empowered. We've been able to travel in places at speeds that otherwise all the smog in, in, in the air would have made us go slower. But now I'm going lightning fast over here. It's like, like they put grease in the astral airwaves or something. It's like I'm sliding. Um, how's your experience in the astral world been, Rob? It's been unreal. Uh, as you said, it, we are in another era of um, intergalactic speedways. Uh, you know, I just came back from Pluto this afternoon and it's a, it's an icy little planet. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna draw my line there. I'm saying planet. Whoa. Um, because it's true. And I'm not gonna let Neil deGrasse Tyson tell me otherwise. I don't understand what, why he thinks he has the right. I'm really, you know, feeling my gloves are off now because I've seen things that I've never seen before. And that's all thanks to the clarity mm -hmm. that is in the air right now. I mean, when you have dinner with Plutonians and they tell you how beautiful their planet is, it's pretty hard to hear Neil deGrasse, you know, run his mouth when he's never even been to Pluto and met a Plutonian before. It's just, the ignorance of people that don't know and, and assume that things are not what they are makes us angry. That's why we're scientists here. We're not just TV scientists. We're real scientists. You know, I talked about peer reviewed. That's like our bread and butter. Okay. I eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's a lot of carbs, but we do that because that's what it takes to be truthful. That's what it takes to give everybody the content that we give you. And we have a lot of content, even though, like I said, we're, we're stuck in our homes. We still have the news, the hard hitting truth. And let's start with something that is kind of shocking. The box office is still chugging along. Like the numbers are, they're still up. They, they're, they're still tracking everything, even though 99.9% .9 of everything is closed. What's going on? I mean, 
you have to consider that there are a lot of places that movies are played. And um, we have to remember that there are certain essential businesses such as haunted houses that are still open and they play movies sometimes too. So it really is lifting the veil on the, you know, the stretches of the box office and how pervasive it is. And also all the ghost audiences, you know, most of them don't pay, but the ones that do are getting tracked. So we're still getting some raw data about movies and what spells, you know, that the most powerful movies are casting on our country. Wow. And there has to be a winner, right? There's always a number one. One thing the Fast and Furious has taught me is that, you know, there's a winner and then everybody else is losers. And it's the same case with the box office. There always is a number one slot. There can't be a tie for number one. And we still have a winner. There's still a champion on the mountain. And the person carrying this flag, waving the flag over the mountain, is a old but young-looking Jesse Eisenberg. You might know him as Mark Zuckerberg. You might know him as Lex Luthor. Um, the same I know, person, really. Yeah, exactly. I know him as, as Jesse Eisenberg, the actor, um, through all of his interviews. He has shown an interest in ghost hunting, just in the way that he was in the movie with Mark Ruffalo, Now You See Me, and Now You See Me Part 2. Those are magicians, right? They have to use magic. And all that paranormal research that him and Mark Ruffalo did, that is the kind of stuff that I, I envy. You know, they got to go to the Library of Congress and crack open a, a human's bound skin book and look at spells for Now You See Me Part 2. I wish I could have been there, been a little, a little fly on the wall. But now he's here representing a new kind of magic a new kind of uh, sensation even though everything is closed he's bringing attention to something that is a tale as old as time and yet it's new for everybody that's young no one's ever seen it before you know it's uh well what is this movie first of all yeah i mean this is remarkable um i think it really is telling of our times it is the tale of what we are living through right now. Uh, the film is called Resistance, and it stars Jesse Eisenberg. And it's a period piece. You know, this is some history that's coming at us because we are currently history in the making. So it makes sense that we are talking about history right now. You know, the, the universe that we live in is spiralic. So we're, we're, we're going around this toilet bowl right now and we're meeting the same point that we've hit before and th this point is uh in the 1930s this is you know right in the eve of world war ii uh this is a story of jesse eisenberg playing you know an actual person uh some of you may have known i think pretty soon everyone's gonna know this person because this is the next trend this is the next craze because we are, we already know this this is the top movie in the box uh, uh, in the country right now so this is only going to be the you know the next biggest trend i think you're going to see it everywhere on tiktok of course i'm talking about miming and mimes 
and mimes. You, yeah, you might be confused of, to think of what mimes have to do with World War II, but the most famous mime in the world lived through this time. His name is Marcel Marceau. He's French. That uh, sounds, like is, a, sounds like a spell, Rob. It, and it is. And, um, you know, French is such an interesting language because every word that you pronounce, you don't pronounce half the letters in that word. You have like ghost letters in this language. Um, wow. You know, this was the country too that when I visited, you know, I saw the ghost of Jim Morrison uh, and, Johnny, and Johnny Depp uh, stalked me. There's, this is a very charged country when it comes to, to ghosts. Wow. And that we've talked about it several occasions. So to have this famous French mime uh, showing us the way at this time, you know, follow the gestures. Look at the, look at the box because it's there. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about miming for a quick second. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, this is, a, this is a good experiment, you know, to get everybody engaged. Go on your Google, go on your DuckDuckGo, go on your Ask Jeeves, you know, your Bing. And, you know, go ahead and type in Mimes 2020 and see what you get. Because I did. And Rob did, and we got autocorrected to memes 2020. That's not what I typed, and that's not what any of you typed. And you, you're looking at it now, and your mouth is open, you know? And I'm, I was as shocked as you are. But here's the thing. Miming is set to hit a new record high, and it's because of Jesse Eisenberg, Okay. He knows what the kid's like. He's in Batman movies. He's in Superman movies. You know, he's in a Facebook movie, right? He's in a magic movie. Kids love magic. Now he's in a mime movie. And w what else do kids love? There's a lot of kids that are frankly in love with Nazis. It's scary, but it's true. So he has to put some Nazis in his mime movie. What does that have to do with miming? I mean... In order to be number one, who knows? But they figured it out. That's why they're working with the professionals here. But I think what's even more dangerous than these narrative Nazis, uh, you know, the Nazis in this specific narrative, is this um, larger picture, this larger cultural picture of mime erasure. Because right now, as you can see by evidence, of a simple Google search that they're trying to bury mimes. They're trying to erase mime culture uh, and replace it with, with memes, um, which kind of works, you know, memes are kind of a virus of themselves, the way that they function. So wow. why are they trying to give mime culture this virus? You know, it's because I think, to me, it's that they see the power. Well, it's just... The mimes, yeah, the mimes are the resistance. Exactly. And, and they just tell too much truth. Mm -hmm. They wear white faces like ghosts. They, they gesture in, in, in directions that don't exist, but they conjure them into existence. That is 
ghost conjuring, that is spirituality. That is exactly what we at Ghost in the Scene champion. And yet now we have the tragedy of they're trying to turn mimes into actual ghosts. This erasure is turning them into ghosts themselves. And Jesse Eisenberg, he's a cutting edge hip, you know, hip cat. You know, you, you said that he plays a 15 year old, mm -hmm. which means that, you know, for us, you have to remember, um, he would have have to have been born in 2005 for that to actually work. Right. Everybody knows Jesse Eisenberg was born probably in like the 1960s, something close to that. So he plays a young, a young man pretty well. He just, he's hip. He listens to, to EDM, you know, dead mouse and that kind of stuff. So this movie, the resistance, right. With all of its connotations is just a, a petition really what it is. It's a petition to say, Hey, listen, Miming is coming, right? And what, what's coming also? The Olympics, the Summer Olympics. This is a petition to finally get miming up on that podium, right? They want the gold. Jesse Eisenberg can only act in movies as Marcel Marceau for so long. And then at some point, he's going to want to go to the Olympics and you know, for America's sake, win the gold. And that's what this movie's about. I mean, Marcel Marceau is the only person in history to win an Olympic gold medal in Miami. There's never been one since uh, because there's never been anyone able to take up that mantle. And it's time for the next wave of mimes to step up. Um, so this is a shout out. This is a shout out to all of our, our mime fans out there. We see you. Mm. And we know that this is your time and we're counting on you to step that is, up. That's so powerful. And, you know, I know that people are afraid to come out of the shadows. And this is a time to practice, to hone your craft. You're indoors, but you could even be further indoors if you're a mime. Imagine all the infinite walls you could create within your own space, making a smaller and smaller box, and then opening up a door to a larger room into a larger box, and then making a, a glass pane. And then, I mean, there's tons of things you could do. You could carry a, a, a imaginary jug of water up a flight of stairs and make it look like it's a really heavy jug. And that you could do that in your home. So... Practice makes perfect, everybody. The Olympics were postponed for this exact reason. They want people to practice miming because Jesse Eisenberg already had like a year and a half worth of practice. They know that. So because of that, they're giving everybody this time. Have your, you know, your studio time. Practice your set. Practice your, your rhythmic movements. And get on that stage and give it the best you can do for whatever country you represent. And that's the thing, you know, we're American-centric here. And I, I like to think that we're more universally based now. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we live in California. So if we get, uh, you know, a, a native California boy, if we get Matthew McConaughey versus Jesse Eisenberg, that sounds like a good matchup to me is all I'm saying. 
So that's something that we have to prepare for and we have to find our champions. Ghost and Scene will be making an endorsement on a mime um, competitor and a champion. And hopefully it's somebody that we know. Hopefully it's somebody in the scene. Um, do you have any anybody that you suspect is a secret mimer? Oh, a secret mimer. I mean, that's a good question because it's been an art form that's just been so underground. You know, I would love to see Vin come out and mime. I don't know if he does or not, but, you know, I think there needs to be, we need to break down the walls of what we think miming is. And who would be better at breaking down these imaginary walls than, than Vin Diesel? Mm, he can break down as many walls as, as he wants. He's, you know, they're basically all plywood to him. Every wall to him is literally like a piece of paper that he could just, you know, burst through. Vin is a good candidate because he really commands silence, right? Absolute silence. We need more people like that. And miming is, in fact, kind of a silent uh, art, art form. So other silent people, I would say, Silent Bob. Kevin, Kevin Smith himself, right? Silent Bob is absolutely a mime. And there's a movie that came out, you know, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Now, this is a little inside baseball. But Jay and Silent Bob Reboot has a scene with Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer just released a book. Val Kilmer had an issue with his throat. He no longer does speaking roles in movies. So are we seeing a, a possible mime turn? Is Val Kilmer going to be a mime? Playing Marcel Marceau in his, in his later years? Something that Jesse Eisenberg can't do because he's too young? He only plays young, you know? He can't play older than probably like 23 years old. And he was born in the 1960s. So we need Val Kilmer to play an older Marcel Marceau. And this is the kind of redemption story that you like to see, you know, this older gentleman coming to his literal peak at, at the height of his art form, competing against a young Jesse Eisenberg at the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. So, I mean, that's a dark horse. That's definitely a dark horse that we're going to have to kind of watch. But Val Kilmer and Silent Bob, Kevin Smith, they're up there as my mime picks. They're, they might be secret mimers. Yeah, I mean, I think all this points to that this is going to be one of the most heated competitions that we'll see in sports history of all of sports. You know, all sports are kind of taking a breather right now. And it's really anyone's game once things come back on it. And you can already see the kind of caliber of talent that is already coming to the miming field will launch it to number one. I, I truly believe that it will be the number one sport in America uh, once we bring home the gold, whoever that may be. You know, just the qualifying rounds are going to be like something we've never seen before. And mimes in 2020, guys, what they didn't want you to see on Google, mimes use fireworks now. Mimes use C4. Mimes use optical illusions. They use umbrellas with bullets in them. I mean, this ain't your, your grandpa and grandmommy's miming, okay? This is a new flavor 
I mean, I see mimes that mostly do 99% parkour. So there's a lot of stuff that mimes can do. They've advanced the art form so much higher through the, you know, the use of technology. Drone technology has been really, you know, um, useful in miming. You know, um, computer graphics, modeling, all this kind of stuff has just advanced the art form to a new platform. And it's going to show people in 2021 just what, you know, being silent and conjuring can do. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we have um, some more ghosting to take care of. And we are back. Now we have a special debriefing, a uh, streaming debriefing. Rob has committed his time, his eyes, his safety to watching and analyzing the docuseries Tiger King. Rob, what have you learned from this experience? You know, what's fascinated me most about this series, and it's a take that no one has really been able to catch on to yet, but is the most important part, is that this documentary isn't like most documentaries. Most documentaries depict things that have happened in the past. This documentary is all about the future. Because as the title suggests, we are looking at our new monarch, Joe Exotic, King Joe Exotic. Um, I think it's, you know, it's written in the walls. I think, you know, if I were to say, write a sequel, it would be Joe's Exotic's ascent to the presidency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's all right there. It's all in this documentary. That's, that is the message of this documentary, that we have a new king, and it's Joe. I mean, it's really clear when you analyze a tiger. A tiger has stripes. The American flag has stripes. Um, America, they invented Kellogg's cereal. Kellogg's cereal, Tony the Tiger, they are great. America the Beautiful, America the Great. All of this connects. And Joe Exotic is in jail for a very specific reason. He's not in jail by accident. And he's not in jail because of some, you know, a miscarriage of justice. He's there because he wants to be there. And Rob explained that this is a far-reaching docuseries. It's not just tigers. It's also, you know, the wolves of D.C. And of Wall Street, right? Exactly. So Joe Exotic, this man humiliated himself. They, they made an entire docuseries about him. Everybody's making fun of him. They're dressing up like him. And it kind of makes a lot of sense to us that he would be the next king. Why does it make sense to us? Because you've got to embarrass yourself. It's, it's very simple. If you want to be the top dog, you've got to roll around in your, your poo a little bit, right? That's how Haley Baldwin did it. And that's how her, her father did it, Stephen Baldwin. And that's how Alec Baldwin did it. We're talking about the 
reverse underground rail and you hear it right there the whistle so rob as an expert in in joe exotic what do you think his presidential candidacy is capable of what do you think he could do in the first four years well um i think you know looking at the documentary as text right is the way that you have to see it is that he's going to rule with absolute power um i think we'll have a new constitution uh I, that is for certain uh and the constitution is going to have a live tiger in it uh and you know it i don't speak tiger mm -hmm. so it's 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 really hard for me to decipher I, you know i've put it to the street team to try to decode what this new constitution may say um but everything's going to change if you can speak tiger anybody um that including tony the tiger i already included him um get at us you know at ghost and scene at twitter and and try to translate the uh constitution new constitution written by a tiger uh we, we need that because there's a lot of rules and regulations that have to be changed so joe exotic is only half of this coin that i've heard right there is another person involved uh in the docuseries that i've heard over and over again this is somebody who also is a candidate in my opinion carol baskin or Carol Baskins? I think both are correct, Judo. Hmm? Because we do live in a multiverse. The fact that both Carol Baskin and Carol Baskins get mentioned so often, they both exist. So when someone tries to correct you, say, no, 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 no. You know, I've heard it so many times both ways that it can't, one of them can't be wrong, right? It's like we're speaking her into existence mm -hmm. or that we already know on a subconscious level that they both are real, which is how we can both talk about them. It's a glitch in the matrix. I mean, the fact that people say either Baskins or Baskin and they don't even think twice about it, is exactly what you said it's because we all know in our heart of hearts that there does exist both and they might be existing in the same place at the same time on this planet which means we have a dimension hopper on our hands and that should be an alarm going off for everybody because this is like time cop except we're not dealing with time we're dealing with different dimensions we're dealing with Donald Bush and all of his regime and anybody else that comes along with that, you know, instead of Ben Carson, it could be Ben Car dad, right? I mean, there's all kinds of consequences. The butterfly effect, Ashton Kutcher could have never made the butterfly effect in the Donald Bush universe. And what a tragedy that would be. And if you want to know about the power though, the political power that's already at play, you know, I can talk about these things and it sounds like this is something that's far off 
and go, Rob, you must be talking about the 2050 election. Like, no, I'm talking much more recent, 2024 at the latest, maybe even sooner. Because what is the mo one of the more famous images, political images that have come out this week is a protester outside of Baskin Robbins ice cream protesting for the government to be open. Coincidence? Never. There's no such thing. Never. I mean, people, X's, Y's, and otherwise, you have to understand that we're working where fate and karma intersect, right? That's where Ghost in the Scene does its jazz. And we have to work with what we see. And what we see is everything just starting to connect. And we don't have the option to not look at the threads, okay? They're in our faces. The fact is, Carol Baskins probably owns Baskin Robbins, probably owns, is a secret partner, and put her husband on ice, right? That's what they all talk about. Probably made him into an ice cream flavor. How 32 flavors now, right? The other one's a dead husband only for her tasting only, right? She eats all the free samples. So nothing's a coincidence. We have to look at every detail. And I, you know, is Baskin Robbins open during the COVID-19 outbreak? I don't think so. And I think that's, that, that says a lot, people. That should, you know, get the hairs on the back of your neck running away from your neck. These are powerful political players, um, and, and you see it. I mean, these are the only people that we talk about. You know, this is, a, at the end of the day, this is a popularity contest. Whoever is, you know, the highest in, in your mind when you go to the polling booth, Mickey Mouse constantly is one of the top people polled in any election. He's the number one write-in candidate every single delegate. election. He's a super delegate. So, you know, this is really how our world functions. This entertainment and politics yeah. go hand in hand. It's how the world spins. And people have to, you know, get together and vote these people out. You know, people keep on voting Mickey in for another term. And just because he looks young like Jesse Eisenberg, he's a thousand years old. That's an old rat. Rats die like pretty quickly. How has he been old for this long? It's not just plastic surgery. It's more than that. So Carol Baskins, Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic, this is the future that we eventually have to face to face. But right now, you know, what scares me and what kind of hurts the most, Rob, is that we're going to say this, we're going to tell everybody, and then four years are going to pass, and it's going to happen. And it's like they all forgot what goes in the scene said. And I want you guys to play exactly what I'm saying now. We told you. We told you it was going to happen, and you didn't listen. You didn't listen, and it's your fault. And because of that, we live in a world where a tiger wrote our constitution. And... And maybe it's good. Maybe it's a good constitution. And hopefully in the four years, we have it deciphered. But unless we figure that out, we could be living under 
another regime where Jesse Eisenberg has to run away from the Nazis, right? And that's the world that he, you know, is trying to destroy with miming. So I'm afraid and also kind of excited to see what Joe Exotic does. That shows the importance of knowing what this constitution is going to say, because if no one knows what it says, then it's just going to, we're going to just have to take Joe's word for it. And to, to, to know that he's the expert as the king. Um, so, you know, we got to know our rights. We got to know what spells are being cast on us. Um, you know, how is this going to affect the lion community? The, you know, rivals of tigers. Yeah, the Lion King. It's funny how that movie just came out and they just like annihilated it. You know, Tiger King on Netflix versus Disney's Lion King. Beyonce's it, the Lion King. Wow. And that is incredible. So a little rivalry that you didn't never even knew existed. And yet here we have Joe Exotic on his way to the White House and Beyonce could not get a ticket on the Underground Railroad, the reverse Underground Railroad. Wow. That is, that is some juicy tea that we are sipping. Um, let's end it there because that's, that's a pretty good little salivating taster to end it with. Guys, um, stay safe, stay home, stay healthy, stay in the goddamn scene. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this episode and every episode because it's so, so important to hear and consider and absorb every word that we're saying because it's really easy to take these things out of context. Some people think they can skim through our episodes and they think they understand what's going on. That is very dangerous. That is like staring at the sun without the proper equipment, right? If you don't know the technique, if you don't know how to stare at the sun properly, you're going to burn your eyeballs out. So, um, you know, I'm looking at you, Haley Baldwin. Uh, we know you think you're doing a good job going on TV every, every day, telling people about this pandemic. Um, but you're not going to inject a ghost directly into your skin and have that go well uh especially if you don't you know provide all the proper context and how to do, do so um but we know you who are listening to us right now you know you're we know you're with us so we 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 thank you we amend you for that and in the scene not just here but also on our social media pages where we are giving you tips every single day uh and you know you're Cinema Ouija content, Geo, has me inspired of finding, you know, groundbreaking, the groundbreaking ways to commune with the dead. Um, it's something that we need right now in this world. Thank you so much. And Rob, I look forward to working with you and working with the scene to uncover many more mysteries because the world is full of them. And we are the best investigators since Sherlock Holmes and Watson. So... Um, if I were, if I were a mystery, I'd be afraid of you and I, let's just say that. So until next time, we love you guys. Take care.